0: What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. What you wish to ignite in others, you must first have burning within yourself. What fires you up the most is what will influence those around you I'll say it again What you wish to ignite in others must first burn within you Just like the flu Which is short for influenza? Influence is contagious and Daniel who was a prisoner of war. If you've been with us the last several weeks, you know I've been teaching on the life of Daniel from the book of Daniel. He was a prisoner of war. He was taken captive into a completely different culture babylon we've been studying that he dealt with cultural pressures he was separated from everything that he was familiar to his family his friends everything that he loved he was completely detached and taken captive and he was in this new land but yet in the midst of all of that god lifted him up and made him a person of influence see he realized although he was going through these temptations cultural pressures he realized this one thing that greater was the god that was within him than whatever else was outside of him he realized that concept he said greater is me greater is the god within me than the pressures and the temptations of the world he realized this concept i am in this new culture i am in this world but i am not of this world i belong to God and so we've been talking that in the same way God wants us to realize that though we are in this world we are not of the world we belong to a greater kingdom we belong to a greater source we belong to someone greater and that person is Jesus see when you're faithful because when I look at the life of Daniel, brother Stephen. When I look at his life, I realize uh, that he, he was faithful in every season of his life. When I look at his life, I just see a man that was so devout, that was that was that was so into upholding the standard of God, that was so faithful. And it is so incredible to read about his life. And what I've realized is that when you are faithful in the process, God will bless you with the promise. just want to make sure you're still here. If I throw something good at you, let me know that you're receiving the word with a good amen. Let's practice it. Let me know if something's good and, and you're really feeling it down in your big toe. Just, just go ahead and say, preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Practice it. Okay, if I throw something good at you, would you catch it? Let's see. Okay, let me run that back. When you are faithful in the processes that you go in life, go through in life, God will bless you with the promise. When you are faithful during the test, you will be grateful with the testimony. And what I realize is that this man was faithful. Not only do we see that embodied in the life of Daniel, but all throughout scripture, be it old testament new testament time after time season era century after century we see men and women that were faithful to God in the most adverse in the most tumultuous in the most challenging of circumstances you could go even as far back as Genesis 37 we read about uh, 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 about a young man he started as a young man named Joseph and the Bible declares I'll spare you with a wonderful story you might know it and Joseph was was a young man that had a vision and a dream from god and god gave him this dream and this vision he shared it with his brothers but his brother were some haters he shared his dream and this vision that god was going to do great things uh, uh, in his life and so his brothers did not like him you ever had a dream and people just started having problems with you for no reason like what i do to you jack <laughs> He had a dream and a vision, but he was—it was premature. It was too early. He was emotional. He got too excited. He shared it, and because of that, he was put in a pit by his own brothers—the people that were supposed to love him most—threw him in a pit. Not only that, but then he was sold into slavery. After that, not only was he sold into slavery, but then he was taken captive and was arrested and became a prisoner. And then after that, uh, the Lord began to use him because he began to interpret dreams, much like Daniel. He began to tr- interpret dreams and visions and so he started getting close to the head of the jails and the head of the provinces and the government that was in that area but then all of a sudden he got falsely accused of a woman got put back in jail when he had hopes of coming out in jail got put back into it and he was in that place all because God had given him a dream and a vision hmm he was going through the process he was being put to the test and he went through all these, these different seasons and all of these different circumstances where anybody in their right mind would have said, God, I curse you, I give up on life, there's no hope for me, I'm just going to end it right here, right now. But at the end of this story, if you look at Genesis chapter 50, that the very people that sold him into slavery, that put him in the pit, now were in need because after the process, Joseph was blessed because he endured the process. And then God had lifted him up to be one of the head governors of the province. He was the right-hand man of the Pharaoh in Egypt during that time. And there was a great famine in the land where his family was from. They hadn't seen him in years, but this man had been blessed. They thought he was dead because there's often often seasons in our life that the enemy would throw things at us that will want to kill us. But I love what the Bible declares that when the brothers who wanted to break him, the brothers who wanted to destroy him, him years later and now he's blessed they come to him in need (laughs) because now they need something from him but I love the word that he uses they don't even recognize him he recognizes the family when they come and he says to them I'm your brother, the one that you put in the pit, you sold into slavery, the one that was a prisoner, went through all of these different seasons, been hurt, been rejected, been abused, went through pain. He said, You meant it for evil, but my God has turned it around for good. In fact, that's what the Bible declares in Romans that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. It may not look like it's working for you. It may not look like it's going to work for your favor, but I want to declare to somebody who's in the process that if you remain faithful in the process, you will see God give you a testimony. I wish I had somebody that's been in the pit, that's been in the prison, but now you can say the enemy meant it for you. Evil, but God turned it around for my good. We see in the life of Jesus, let's go New Testament because y'all, y'all a Bible-loving church. So I'm going Bible because I'm talking about being faithful in the process. Our very own Jesus. I, I love Jesus. I don't know if you love him. Our very own master, our savior, our redeemer, our healer. I love you, Jesus. Uh, 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 Our very own creator came into this world, incarnated, took on flesh. And when he came to this world, the Bible declared that he came to his own and his own didn't receive him. He was rejected. And although he would perform miracles and do wonderful works and people started to follow him, yet at the end of his life, he still was persecuted. He still was abused. He still was mocked. He still was hurt and all crucified, but the Bible declares that he did not stay in the tomb. He resurrected from the tomb because when you are faithful in the process, you will see those things that you thought were meant to destroy you, how God will use those things to bless you. The very things that you thought were setbacks were truly a setup from God so that he can show you his power, so that he could reveal who He is, truly. See, all of these great men and women went through these different processes and seasons and they were tested and they remained faithful. And because they remained faithful, they became people of great influence. And I wanna tell you today, that in the same way that Daniel became a great man of influence, in the same way great other great men and women became people of influence, so has the Bible called you to become a person of influence. You're a change agent. Anytime Jesus referred to his disciples and compared them to anything, he always compared them to things that shifted and influence. What do, we, what do you mean, Pastor? He said, you are salt and light. Salt is a a property that changes things. Do not serve me a meal if it has no salt. You better get that chicken out of here with no seasoning. (laughs) Why is that? Because salt changes things. And Jesus said, you are salt. He said, you are light. Whenever light comes on, it changes things see you're called to shift things change things have influence because influence impacts others and so in the same way he's called you to be a change agent would you do me the favor and look at the person beside you and declare that by faith you're, you are a change a change agent tell him you are a change agent Agent. a matter, f- matter of fact, declare to them and like you believe it. You're called to influence. Go ahead, tap somebody and tell them you're called to influence. You are called to influence someone and somebody. You're not called to simply be like a thermometer and simply read the temperature in the room. You're called to be a thermostat that shifts the atmosphere. That's why when you go to your job, when you're a true believer and you believe this, whenever you go into that place, you go in declaring something has to change because I'm up in here. Every devil in hell has to know that a child of God is now in the office. So anybody that wants to act a fool. Yeah, when you're out in the marketplace, when you're out on the mall, and when you're out with your family, wherever you go, you are called to influence to shift the atmosphere. So when you see somebody down, God has called you to lift that person up because you are a change agent. When you see problems, when you see issues, because you are a change agent, you are called to step in and intervene. God has given the believers in the house that power and that authority. You're called to be a change agent. You know, we're living in a time where where there are social media influencers. (laughs) These are people that just take pictures of themselves, selfies all day, every day, and they got 100,000 followers. You people get on my nerves. I asked a person who said they were an aspiring influencer. I said, what are you gonna do? Influence? (laughs) How are you gonna do it? You gotta go to my profile, bruh. (laughs) I went to their profile. It's just pictures. (laughs) That's not the type of influence I'm talking about. I'm talking about real influence. I'm talking about the type of influence that changes people's lives i'm talking about the type of influence see you can play church all you want but i'm not here to play church so you can come to just say well yeah just check this off the list but see i'm on a mission to expand the kingdom of god because i'm declaring that our church will be a change agent in this community that we will expand the kingdom of god that we will see lives transformed every time i come to this place i know who i'm talking to I'm talking to change agents. That's why I pour my heart into what I do here, week after week, because you're not just anybody. I don't care what somebody has spoken over you, you're not just anybody. I know that I have teachers and educators that are going to transform classrooms in their field of study. I know I have entrepreneurs and business owners that are going to revolutionize the world through their business with purpose. I know that I have political people that are going to shift some things in their community. I know I have ministers in this place that will not just be people that talk the gospel but that will live it out change agents I wish I had somebody that would lift up their hands and say I am a change agent God you have called me to be a change agent do you believe that today that you should give God a praise for that let me run through this quickly let me give you scripture now Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 through 3 let's look at this change agent that was called to influence who who started his story started when he was he was taken captive and he was a nobody he was in obscurity but then god lifted him up and built and gave him a platform to have notoriety and to have influence the bible declares daniel chapter 6 verse 1 through 3 do we have that on the screen praise the lord we here we go here we go it pleased darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom. Again, this is the land where Daniel was taken captive too. With three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. Now he became a person of influence. The satraps were made accountable to them, and the king, uh, uh, so that the king may not suffer loss. Now Daniel, look at what the Bible says here. So distinguished himself change agent see in order for you to cause change you got to be able to be set apart and stand out from the rest the bible declares he distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the rule of the whole kingdom when you are a change agent you realize this and if you're taking notes i want to give you two points and i'm gonna get out your way The first one is that a transformed life is an influential life. A transformed life is an influential life. You know, when I read the story of Daniel, I say to myself, and I kinda kinda just have to take a moment and just really analyze and pray and meditate on it because I said, this man had an encounter with God because in all of the seasons where he could have given up in this very chapter, chapter 6, we're going to read, uh, you'll read later, the context within the story is in this very chapter, he was placed in a den of lions. And we read in chapter 3 that his boys were put in a, in, in a furnace of affliction where they were, they were put in there to die and to be killed and they remained faithful. And you can only have that kind of faith when you had a true encounter with God. I'm talking about when you've really encountered God and when you've really experienced the goodness of God, that's what will, that, that's what will stir that faithfulness. That type of faithfulness d- doesn't just come anyhow any in any way. This man had an encounter. He was transformed by God and because he was transformed, he had an influential life. Can I tell you that God desires to transform you into his likeness for the purpose of influencing the culture around you? God's desire is to transform you so that you can influence the culture around you because we're not called to settle within the culture now and day. We're not called to compromise. We're called to engage with our culture. How do we engage it? We engage it with love. But how do we do that? You've got to be set apart. A transformed life is an influential life. Let me give you scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what. Whew. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what. All oh, right. And we all who, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being yes into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit transformation in your life for you to have influence will only come when you yield and surrender your life to his spirit when you come to your wit's end and stop trying to do things with your own strength that's when the holy spirit comes in and he transforms you into a person of influence it's done the bible declares by his spirit how does transformation come when you yield your life when you surrender your life, when, where, when, you, when you face every decision in life, saying, God, what do you want from me? How can I serve you? How can I be faithful to you? God, what is it that you desire for me? Because for far too long, we've tried to do things our own way, and we ended up stuck, stagnant in the same situation. It's not until we say, God, I yield my life. I surrender my life. Transform me, God, into your image, into your likeness. Then we begin to experience transformation. He says, this is the apostle Paul. He says, when you yield, when you surrender, pride, ego, The habits that you don't want to let go of, the things that are holding you back, the things you don't want to surrender because you're saying, God, I love you here on Sundays, but there's a little part of this thing that I want to hold on to. It's mighty quiet up in here. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) I want to hold on to my pride a little bit. I want to hold on to my ego a little bit. I want to let go to the job that is taking your place just a little bit more. To people don't worry that don't happen here you two people that don't happen here
1: <laughs> I want to hold on
0: to my finances a little more than I want to give to the kingdom I want to have my own time because I just want to do me right now God I'm young it's lit right now I don't have time for church I want to do that a little bit more right now Amen. and it's until you yield those things and surrender those things that God says, I will transform you and I will bless you like you never imagined the things I will do in your life. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. I will bless you beyond measure. I will transform your life if you just let me. That's his desire for you. But here's the thing, it doesn't happen overnight. He says we're being transformed, meaning it's progressive. You might stumble, you might fall. I'm sure these men in the book of Daniel stumbled, fell, made mistakes, they were not perfect, but yet what, what, what makes a person faithful is not perfection. What makes a person faithful is when they are progressing and saying, I may have failed today, but I'm gonna get myself back up and I'm gonna keep going. I wish I had somebody that had that spirit in this place. I may have failed in this area, but faithfulness is not perfection. Faithfulness is saying, God, I failed here, but I'm picking myself back up in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to keep going because I know you have great things in store for me." when you are transformed then you will experience the influence and see what God has for you let let me run through this scripture real quick Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 are you all doing all right? by the way are you all receiving this word Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy pleasing to God it is your true and proper worship here it is see because you can't change something that you accommodate to if you want to change the statistic in your family of the men and women that were not faithful to each other you cannot accommodate to that statistic in other words if you never saw a faithful father in your family you cannot break that curse unless you say i'm gonna be the one to change that statistic if you just settle for what you've seen you can never change it or influence it that's why the Bible says do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your what of the mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will see when you get when you're truly transformed your words will begin to change your speech your language will begin to change your attitude when you truly yield to God because some of y'all got some funky attitudes. Smile, smile, because you're letting me know that I'm talking to you. Smile, fake it <laughs> when you truly are transformed god will even transform and mold your character and all of the bitterness and all of the hatred and all of the resentment and all of the issues you have god will fill that with gladness if you tra- if you yield and surrender your life to him your words will be different your attitude will be different your behavior your conduct will be different that's why the bible says daniel distinguished himself he stood out he wasn't the same He had different qualities about him, and that's what God desires from you. Let me give you the second thing because I'm running. A spirit-led life is an influential life. Let's run through the scripture. A spirit-led life is an influential life. At this, Daniel chapter six, verse four through 11, The administrators, the satraps, tried to find the grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. So because God had blessed him, he was faithful in the process, and now he was in his promise. Now he was leading. Now he had influence. People had a problem with him. So they're trying to take him down from his position now. So they try to find grounds to get rid of him. So here it is, they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy, neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So they said, we're gonna try to trick this man into getting kicked out of his position. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, uh, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, uh, prefects, satraps, advisors, governors, have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who prays see you always be attacked when you're a prayer warrior when you start praying <laughs> you're gonna start to stir something in the spirit world he said they said if anyone prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you so they're talking to the king they said listen because they knew this man prayed if you they if 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 anyone prays to any other god or any other person here it is he said, we're gonna to have to get rid of him. They're gonna throw him in the lion's den. Now your majesty issued the decree, put it in writing so it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of means, Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Let me, let me rush through this here. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home. So they said, listen, here's the decree. You can't pray. <laughs> Check out what Daniel did. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem, and three times a day, he prayed. Here's what you gotta understand. See, Daniel knew this. He did not put himself in that position he was in. When God starts to bless you and honor you and elevate you and make you a person of influence and starts to transform your life, there will always be people that will want to hold you back. There will always be people that will try to pull you from the place that God brought you out of. When you start to become faithful to God, people will conspire, talk about you, mock you and try to hold you back. And this is just a weapon and a trick of the enemy. They try to do it to Daniel. They said, you can't pray. And Daniel said, the devil is a liar. Nobody is gonna take my prayer. Nobody is gonna stop my praise. No one is gonna take my worship. No one's gonna stop me from going to church. No one's gonna stop me from serving because I know what God has done in my life. Bring me my papers real quick. Them brothers that came earlier, I want you to come back up here. Help me out real quick, help me out real quick. Them brothers that came up earlier, come on, come on, I want y'all to come up. I want y'all to come up. Quick, 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 quick. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I need you to help me because I feel like preaching this thing here. I'm going to help somebody because some people are falling asleep, but you're going to wake up in the spirit. Here we go. Uh, Read this to me. All right. Say problem. Say problem. What does this say? Okay. Somebody say problem. Yeah. Somebody say? What's this? Yes. Come here, girl. somebody say problem huh help me up, brother. let's let's get this situation going because I want to I want to really express this let's pull this back I want you I want you all to to just line side by side there uh, uh there you go there you go all right I need I need I need my come here brother come here brother As I was p- praying this week, as I was praying this week, because I'm praying for a church that would stand firm. I'm praying a church for a church that would not be emotion-led, but will be spirit-led. I'm praying for a church that would not be moved by the little lies, threats of the enemy, the accusations, the criticisms, the opposition. I'm praying for a church that would stand firm. And as I was praying in my spirit, I began, I began to become overwhelmed because the, it was as if the Lord was making me sense that these are the very things that people want to stand firm. People want to get to the promise, but these are the things that they're listening to. See, they've even done research on this, that you are, your, your thoughts and perceptions and your perspective is really shaped by the three to five people that you listen to the most really we are some of all the people that we've ever encountered but really we begun to think and align our words align our thoughts based on the three to five people that we listen to the most and so as I was praying this week I was praying for people to stand firm but the Lord was giving me the sense that people want to stand firm in this church people want to walk by faith people want to be faithful to God but here is the problem they're listening to these voices more than the listening to the promise of the word of God, more than the listening to the truth of the word of God. So when you start taking steps, your past is calling you. Am I talking to anybody in the house? Am I speaking to the right church? I wanna get to you. But yeah, just kinda turn turn sideways. Just get get right here and... Okay, just face me, face me, we, we're gonna get this right. <laughs> Wait, you can tell, oh, see, Holy Ghost, he knows what we're doing out here. Go ahead, t- t- tell me, what, 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 my past, my past, I will never have a healthy relationship because all I've ever had was bad relationships. God can never use me because of my shame because of my guilt. God can never lift me up and make me a person of influence because, because I've always been stuck to my comfort zone. These are the voices that you're listening to. Meanwhile, God is saying the promise is on the other side. I just need to know if I'm talking to the right people. <laughs> hey, can you see me? I'm declaring in the name of Jesus that the reason you came to this place You came with problems, but I'm declaring that God is getting ready to give you the solution. The solution is a man named Jesus, that if you were to give your life to him, if you were to truly serve him and listen to his voice over your life, he will transform you. And I want to speak over somebody in this place because you've listened to these voices far too long. And I want to declare that the devil is a liar. My past, you—you you will not hold me back. My fear, I wish I had somebody. You will not hold me back. My shame, you will not hold me back God has declared that I am the head and I am not the tail God has declared that I am a leader and I'm not a follower God I wish I had come on if that's you today give God some praise God has declared, and I'm speaking prophetically over someone's life, because they told you you would never amount to anything, they told you you wouldn't make it, they told you that you were cursed, they told you that you will break down, and God says to you, you are a child of God. You are a son and a daughter of God. Your parents got divorced, but you will not be divorced. Your family is full of addicts, but you will not be an addict. I'm feeling this thing, brother. I'm feeling it. They told you you would never make it, but God is going to raise you up. God God will use you. You are soul. You are light. The devil lied to you. You will never be loved. Jesus says to you, I love you, and I've called you with purpose. I'm done with this voice of my past. These people want to move forward, but they keep listening. This is what I've been. This is what I've done. Look at all that I've done. And that voice is tormenting you. I bind that in the name of Jesus, and I cast it out. The promise of God says that you are a new creation. I said you are new. I said you are new. In Jesus' name. You will never stand firm while you keep listening to these voices. So this week, when any of these BAMAs try to come (laughs) and tell you, I love you all, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking talking about that. (laughs) Whenever these voices come, how do you stand on the promise? You begin to declare the promises of God. Devil, you have no place in my life. Devil, you have no place in my marriage. Devil, you have no place in my family. Devil, you have no place in my community. You have no place in my life. In the name of Jesus, I stand on the promise. And I hold on to his promise. I'm not going to let you go. Because for far too long, this held on to me, and I held on to it. I'm not letting this go. There's greater for me. There's better for me. Better days are ahead. Weeping indoors for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm declaring to somebody the promise of God is true. You believe that today. The scripture just declares, thank you so much, men. Thank you so much. That God has, let's leave it, let's leave it, let's leave it. Let's just, just leave it, let's leave it. I know, I know you, you all are wonderful. I pray, they, well, they did it anyways. <laughs> That's why I love my church. When these voices come, you better start declaring, I will not give up. I will not give in. I choose to stand firm on the Word of God I choose to stand firm people are gonna try to pull you back hey I'm talking to somebody they're gonna try to hold you back why are you serving why are you going to church you are out your mind why do you believe those things why are you living that way now you used to be down with us and you begin to say I gotta focus on my promise now Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience, but let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at my Hope Center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.